When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf here in studio. The Minnesota Vikings officially getting on the field, though I argued, Myron, that when the rookies showed up, that was day one of camp. But this is like day real one of camp with the uh, veterans getting on the field today. Um, We're going to hear from Stephon Diggs, Everson Griffin, and it's we're like officially back. And then when they put pads on and those pads pop, oh, then we're really super, super back to training camp, um, and and we'll get to Vikings talk. I'm going to be out at practice in the second hour, and Judd Zolgad, Rami Maklov, they're going to be in studio, so I will be calling in and giving you a camp update, which means Perfect. we are so very on top <laughs> of training camp. Uh, I wrote an article today uh, at our website, scorenorth.com, about how 2017 impacted the Vikings' decision-making and expectations, and I want to get your take on that, Myron, but I think we should start with some stuff that's going on around the league because we actually have news stories to talk about. It's Isn't amazing. this great? It's amazing. It feels like like football's here, and there's no better feeling than like this stretch where training camp's starting. I, the Hall of Fame game is coming. That means something to me. Like That's not a real game. But it means that we're getting closer to the real games, and I'll take it. Okay, this, this is why you and I are real football people. Yeah. Because the other day I threw it out there to the room, like the Hall of Fame game. You guys excited? And it was like, eh, I don't know. I probably won't watch. Like, come oh, on, I'm guys. there. No, I'm come there. On. I'm there. This is the start. It's Give football. that to me. Let's Give go. I'm ready for day. it. I'm all not all even sure who's playing. Is it Atlanta? It doesn't Denver? matter. Denver? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah. Anybody who's out there. I always enjoy the uh, the Hall of Fame game. But there's a lot going on in the league. We actually have real storylines to break down. And the one that I wanted to begin with is Michael Thomas. You know that receiver the Vikings could have drafted and didn't? Michael yeah. Thomas, remember yeah. that? Um, and Michael Thomas is sitting out training camp. Now, last year we saw Le'Veon Bell sit out an entire season. Yeah. And I think that, in a way, it was a little bit of a sea change moment for NFL players saying, you know what? I don't necessarily have to show up and do this. That someone will pay me later. That even though Le'Veon Bell didn't get all the money he was looking for, mm-hmm. he still got a heck of a lot of money. So it, it feels to me, Myron, like the players have taken back a little bit of the power here and uh, are exerting that power more than they have in the past. And I think that that's what Michael Thomas is doing, and and he's going to be looking for a massive, ridiculous, absurd contract. Yeah, I'll correct you on one point. 
great players are taking back the power. Okay, good. Yes, right? that's right. So yep. like the guys in the 99th percentile, they've got the power. But if you're just average Joe, you don't have any power. And I think that's sometimes the conversations we like to have about player control. Great players have more power. Uh, and I think Le'Veon Bell, to your point, proved that, hey, look, there's a demand, especially for your guy who's in his 20s, GM still feel like you're in the prime of your career. There's a demand for you. And that's why Michael Thomas is doing what he's doing. Listen, Michael Thomas is going to make $1.1 million this season on his current contract. This guy had 125 receptions a year ago. This guy, I think if you have one pass interference call, it doesn't go against you if you're the Saints. You're talking about a guy in the Super Bowl who maybe helps the Saints win a Super Bowl. And then I think the narrative changes even more. But he's one of the best receivers in the league. He's making pennies compared to what the other elite receivers are making. I understand if you're Michael Thomas and you go, hey, look, I'm not getting on that field for that quarterback, Drew Brees, that everybody loves. They love to watch him play and have an MVP-like season. You guys aren't going to see me out there until I get compensated accordingly. And this isn't a guy, you know, Melvin Gordon is a whole different situation. This is a guy who is making a million dollars a year who is worth 20, right? And I think that's the thing if you're Michael Thomas, you're going, you might not give me 20, but I deserve more than what I'm getting now. And unless I see it, uh, you won't see me on the field. You know, the uh, Teddy Bridgewater injury in 2016 really solidified how I feel about this, that I'm just always going to be on the player's side for trying to get more money. Because I think we used to like to litigate these things and go through, well, what's his catch percentage, yeah, what's no. his PFF grade, and all these things. But now, if you're worth way more than you're getting paid, yeah. then I'm just for it. Because we saw a guy in Teddy Bridgewater who was about to get a contract extension more likely than not, would have been paying him around $20 million a year or more and going into the 2016 season where he'd have a chance to elevate himself even more and his knee just completely falls apart. And his career, we don't know where it's going to go. I mean, it seems like the Saints are pretty happy with what he's done and he may eventually take over and have a great career and will never remember that that happened to his knee. But he might also never be the same quarterback again and never make the same kind of money ever again. And so I could see why all players would look at that type of injury and say it can all end in a minute. There was yeah. also that tight end, I think, for the Bears. Was it Zach Miller the yeah. same thing? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was That was, was scary. Yep. He, I mean, he almost lost, could have lost his leg. Yeah, yep. could have lost and, his leg. And the same thing with, yeah. uh, with Teddy. So you're playing this insanely... A uh, dangerous game where one wrong ankle turn can mess up your entire career. Yeah. And even with Kevin Durant, you might say the same sort of thing of like you go out there and you push yourself as much as you do to get out there. And if you're worth way more than you're going to get paid, then then go ahead and use every bit of power you possibly have because the New Orleans Saints are a legit Super Bowl contender. Yes. They might be a Super Bowl favorite, yeah. but they're not a Super Bowl favorite with Michael Thomas. There are very few people that can actually move the needle this way, yep. and I think Michael Thomas is one of them. So I, I'm entirely on his side, and it's not his fault that the New Orleans Saints have spent their money all over the place and that they probably lined up their salary cap specifically to pay him later yes. and not pay him now, but that's not his problem. And he doesn't know if he has later, to your point, from the Teddy Bridgewaters and Zach Miller. He doesn't know if later's coming. To, to me, why you see a holdout like this is this is a guy who's going three straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons. I've been arguably a top three or four receiver in this league. Last year, you can make the case I was the best guy in this league, and here I am getting a $1.1 million a year. I mean, you're looking around at your colleagues who are in the same atmosphere 
and you're going, okay, maybe I don't deserve Antonio Brown money, but are you telling me that I'm making $1.1 million this year after taxes, half a million dollars? Now, granted, there are a lot of people who are like, I'd take that. Sure. But this is about value. And Michael Thomas is trying to capitalize on his value now because you don't know what happens beyond this. We keep talking about injury, which is obviously a possibility, but we also don't know if he's the same guy. He could have a down year. Right. Uh, he could have a, a tough season. Things may not go his way. It's hard to be as good as he was last year. I mean, I'll be shocked if Michael Thomas duplicates what he did last year only because that was one of the better seasons we've seen mm-hmm. at that position from a young guy. So I do think Michael Thomas is making the right move. It's also funny to me when a Russell Wilson goes, listen, uh, you guys either pay me or trade me. Uh, and it's clear that the consensus is whatever we got to do to keep that guy. And I understand the difference in positions, but whatever we got to do to keep that guy, let's keep him. And then he puts out a video with his wife, Sierra, you know, talking in some weird voice like, hey, we got paid and everyone celebrates it. When a Michael Thomas or a Melvin Gordon or some of these other position players, when they do the same thing, the word holdout has this negative connotation. Le'Veon Bell was destroyed by people, his own teammates. Who? I mean, remember that in Mm -hmm. training camp when they were asking about Le'Veon Bell? So it's fascinating to me that the perception is different in terms of a holdout for a quarterback versus a holdout for a position player, for a receiver like a Michael Thomas. He's not going to get, I think, that same love if this becomes a long-term thing. Now let me bring this back to the Minnesota Vikings. How impressive is it that the Vikings just never have these things? It's it's amazing. And well, with Rudolph, you thought we were going to get there potentially. Right? You thought potentially that could be the case. Um, but yeah, it's that hasn't been drama in Minnesota. And to me, no matter what you say, I respect everything that Michael Thomas is doing. I think Melvin Gordon is picking a bad time to do this, but I understand him as well. But it takes something away, right? No matter what you say about the Steelers, Mike Tomlin had one of his worst seasons as a leader because it started with the Le'Veon Bell stuff. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown had his drama. If Michael Thomas stays out, if this is an ongoing storyline, that doesn't help your team. So I do think the Vikings have been, you know, blessed without dealing with some of that stuff. But now it's like, Okay, we saw 2017, we saw 2018, disappointing. What are your excuses now? It's right there. Mm-hmm. So yep. so are you going to reach the bar or not? I think that's, to me, what the Vikings yeah. are facing is like, I don't want to hear any of the other nonsense. You tell me why you shouldn't be a playoff team. Yeah. Well, the, the other point about that is that a lot of players have sort of played ball with the Vikings, and Rudolph was the first to kind of push them a little bit yeah, and, and maybe push the buttons through the media a little yeah. bit, talking about you know kind of his new contract and other teams want me yeah. and that sort of thing, which, <laughs> you know, and then he comes back and says later, well, I, I guess I won't be in your headlines anymore. Like, uh, wait a minute. You were the one that talked exactly. every single time. Did you not like somebody want Somebody did that. To, you know we write things, right? Like, you know, that is the job. Making so up stories. If you tell us stuff, we write it. That's kind of how this works. Media literacy, not always the best yeah. uh, in the NFL locker rooms. Yeah, but, is that because uh, of Ziggy, what you just said? Is Ziggy a big part of that, you think? Um, well, 
Well, yeah. I mean, the reason that they've been able to keep everyone, in my opinion, is because Ziggy puts down the cash. Yeah. It's if you don't have the cash as ownership, which most of them do, but yeah. if you don't want to spend that cash, that they can finagle the cap in a lot of different ways. But the agents are going to say, let's maximize the amount of actual dollars that go into my guy's pocket. Yeah. But with Rudolph pushing them a little bit, it made me think if this year doesn't go super well for the Vikings, if it's an eight and eight type of season or a one and done in the playoffs, you may see players change their tone a little bit. I think that, and, and this goes to my article that I want to ask you about later, but I think that 2017 convinced a lot of players that they could win a Super Bowl with the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. and it plays a role in them wanting to stay. And if they all were taking the maximum dollar amounts that they could have gotten, then I, that I wouldn't think this. But Daniil Hunter could have gotten more money. Yeah. Everson Griffin probably could have gotten signed by someone else instead of restructuring. I mean, even Kyle Rudolph might have been able to pull off a better contract than he got. It's really not that impressive of a deal that Kyle Rudolph worked out as an extension with the Vikings. Pretty much takes him through next year, and that's it. Yeah. And, and and I think it's it's a big part of it that guys believe that they can actually win the Super Bowl. And this is why I think Michael Thomas, though he's absolutely right to push them for more money, that's why I ultimately think he'll sign because he's not going to want to sit out a year that might be no. Drew Brees' final season and he could p- potentially win the Super Bowl. It's just a really interesting dynamic of where you see these teams that can possibly win and how there's just a little bit of a different attitude going into those type of negotiations. Yeah, and to to your point, that's where the power is taken back by ownership because most guys in this league are replaceable. So if you are a player, unless you have a unique value and a unique skill set or you have certain advantages at your position other guys don't have, you got to be really careful because players have to make choices. Sure, you might be able to get paid, but maybe not getting paid with a contender. I mean, that's the – Patriots, right? That's what they've done for 20 years is bringing in guys who are willing to play, pay, play below market value in order to compete for a championship. If you're ownership, that's exactly what you want. You want guys who are willing to go, you know what? I could make more money elsewhere, but I'm going to stay here to win a championship. At the same time, if you've had a breakout year or three years, if you're Michael Thomas, if you've proven yourself, I mean, this isn't a guy who had eight games in the second half of the season where he looked like a pro bowler and people said, pay that guy more money, which I feel like Melvin Gordon is kind of doing with San Diego. He's forgetting his injuries. He's forgetting all the production they had without him. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. saying the Giants were nothing without me, forgetting that they won two Super Bowls before he arrived. Like Those kind of guys won't get the same respect. But if you're Michael Thomas and you go, you know what? One of the main reasons we were almost in the Super Bowl, if you're a New Orleans fan, we should have been in the Super Bowl, was because we had that dude uh, who was arguably the best receiver in the league. Mm -hmm. So I understand why he's going for it. But he also has to consider how much, how long are you willing to go? I mean, how long do you push this? Have you already made your point? Do you feel like it's got to be two, three, four weeks? Are you willing to miss competition? Because that's a whole other conversation. I, I think that uh, we're also at a point, too, where guys are in such unbelievably good shape all year round yep. that they can easily miss training camp and stay up to date with the playbook because yeah. somebody might just sneak him that <laughs> yeah, iPad, exactly. right? Just, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, this <laughs> iPad is here in this cafe, and I found it, and oh, there's my playbook. Whoops. Uh, and plus, they're probably running very similar offense to last yeah. year. And, and this blew my mind when I was uh, driving in here listening to ESPN Radio was uh, that Aaron Donald – 
is participating in his first training camp since 2016. It's like, for for these guys, I mean, it just doesn't matter as much as it used to. I bet the Minnesota Vikings defense could show up week one after no training camp at all and probably uh, put together a pretty good performance because they just know Mike Zimmer's system and everything else. So unless you're putting in a new system, it just doesn't matter that much. So Michael Thomas can push them as much as he wants. Um, In terms of uh, the notes that you sent me of things that you uh, wanted to talk about, around the league today. The other one that stuck out to me was Taylor Lewan um, unknowingly ingesting a banned substance uh, and putting out a video of himself getting emotional talking about his accidental ingestion of a banned substance that he got a four-game suspension for. And, And the Vikings are dealing with this, too, with Holton Hill, Four of his games are for PEDs. The other four are weed. So that's going. That takes talent. That's going. That well. takes talent. By yeah, the way, I, I, you need to mix the PEDs <laughs> with the weed. It's like it balances out. That's you find talent. the perfect, the perfect center there. Oh, um, <laughs> but but you know the PED thing in football, Myron. We don't talk about it very much. Yeah. But when you stand the, on the sideline at training camp and you kind of look around, you go, you know. Guys are figuring out ways to be in this type of shape and be this type of fast and this type of strong. And I know they always say it's an IQ test with uh, the PEDs if you yeah. get, if you get popped. But I, I wonder if this will ever be a topic that NFL fans care about. Is PED use in the NFL? No, I, I don't think there's one fan that cares. You only care if it costs your team, right? That that's when you care. Is when someone does something, they get suspended. And now, you know, your team uh, is in trouble or uh, maybe they get themselves in a situation where they miss their ceiling. But overall, when I saw that video that Taylor Lewan put out, first of all, I don't know where he's sitting in the video. Is he in the back of somebody's van? Is he in some dark studio? Who who set this up? Who's holding the camera? I, I got heavily criticized online, Myron, for doing a video while I was driving. I set the phone up and yeah. just was driving and you talking. You one of those guys? Yeah, but no, I'm generally not. But I was Phil coming Nicholson. back. I was coming back from camp yeah. and I was doing a little video, like recap. Like, here's yeah. why I think he's going to be number three wide receiver. And people are like, "That's dangerous." Yeah. I didn't have both hands on. I mean, I had both hands on the wheel. I just set it. That's what? a new thing. It makes he sense. He should have done it in his car. I'm saying it looks pretty. That'd good. be the more genuine. That'd be more genuine if he were doing it in his car. <laughs> It'd be more believable. Uh, that was almost like the Ray Lewis garage pep talk to me. Like, <laughs> like everything that you're about to say about PDs, I don't believe. Especially because you did like the pause and the cry. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this. It's so painful. I'd never cheat the team. Listen, anytime you see an individual who is almost 300 pounds moving the way that these guys move in the NFL, let's all be clear. That's not normal, right? That That's not the big dude at your lifetime fitness or your YMCA or whatever gym you go to, yeah, he's big and strong, right? He does not move that way. Like when you see these guys and how they move and how they perform and that we're in an era where we're calling linemen athletic. Like that's like a thing that's happened in the last like 20 to 30 years. Yeah, There are a couple guys, but like all of these guys have these builds. We know they're taking PEDs. And if I'm Taylor Luan and we talked about this, you don't say a word. Who's your PR guy? Here's what you do, Taylor. You just don't say anything. Because at some point, something else is going to happen with your team. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to care. And whenever you return, you return. And it goes away. And when you do get asked about it, you say no comment and people move on. 
to the next door. And your legacy, as much as a tackle can have a legacy, (laughs) which I think these guys do worry about that. Oh, when they Google my name, it'll come up like maybe. They think Hall of Fame, maybe too. but I don't even think the Hall of Fame cares no. if people use PETs no, in no. this sport. And uh, I, I would never advocate it. I would never say that it's okay. It's just from a reporter standpoint, what are you supposed to do about it? I mean, are, are you going to die on the hill of people probably doing things away from the field yeah. that, I, that I can't possibly know about unless I hide in their car exactly. and in the backseat, exactly. you know, peek it up. Exactly. Like, is that a PED? Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, what am I? Let me see it. <laughs> somebody on Twitter once asked me about this, and my answer is not that I am okay with people trying to cheat the game to get ahead. It's just I don't know what anyone is supposed to do about it. No. Like, the, like the league has laid out a policy and they do testing, but they probably haven't updated their testing in quite some time. Dude, it makes no sense. And, and every day, as we sit here right now, there's a scientist in some lab that looks like Breaking Bad 100%. who's trying to develop some new PED, and there's a, not a whole lot we can do about it. And I no. also think, too, the game is so violent that a lot of guys probably need to stretch the rules just to get on the field. Recovery even, is a big part. Yeah, not even to get ahead, but with the amount of... We just say, like, oh, this dude had, like, shoulder surgery and ankle surgery. Like, yeah. that... That would mess up how you walk as a regular person for a yes. year. <laughs> now you're out there tackling guys again, and we right. don't. And we don't. I mean, that's the thing is like, I think there's a future where PEDs are regulated in the NFL for recovery purposes. That there's a certain dosage, which I'm not smart enough to know how that all works. But like, you, you get into a system where you go, okay, let's be honest. These guys are playing 16 games, and owners, you want them to play 18. So these guys need to recover. Is there a way to help with that recovery? What I will say is I will never have a lot of respect for a guy who says, by the way, I didn't do this and I took a polygraph. Can I tell you what I don't care about? Polygraphs. I don't know how it works. I don't know what I'm supposed to get from it. Like, I don't get it. Like, what are you? And then then I've heard all these things like you could, like, put a pin in your shoe and like regulate your blood pressure. Have you heard this trick? No. I probably read too much uh, on the internet. Why, why do you know this? I know these things because <laughs> I've read about polygraphs. Oh, okay. In the past, yeah, read, right? read about them. Sure, so okay. you can apparently do things to trick the test. I don't trust a polygraph. And Taylor's saying, by the way, I took a polygraph to prove I didn't do this. Like, come on, man. Like, you, you've made this a story, and it really didn't have to be the story it became. I mean, the polygraph thing is is fantastic. It's like, it just takes me right to George Costanza yes. beating the polygraph test. It's not a lie if you, you believe, believe it. it. That's, that's the way. Yeah. And, and so I I am an awful liar. I would love to take one and try like, yeah. to, to see because I'm just really bad at it. I'm like Mike Zimmer. If you just tell the truth all the time, <laughs> yes. when you lie, everyone knows. Yeah. So it's like you know, d- did you uh, did you take care of this at home? Like. Well, let's see what happened exactly. was that's, you know, that's how you know I'm live. I start with I, yeah, that. Right. Like, I, I got nothing. I'm yeah. just not good at it. Yeah. Um yeah, Mike Mike Zimmer would probably fail the polygraph yeah. test. But that is the funniest part of like like I didn't do this, I swear, and <laughs> and I have brought my own evidence to prove that I didn't. <laughs> my friend administered it, but you know, there's no bias here. Like, come on, man. What are you trying to prove? <laughs> I do I love training camp for them. <laughs> these sort of things come so up. Like, All right, we're going to take a quick break. Myron Metcalf, Matthew Collar here on Purple Daily. And when we return, a couple of other notes that are going on around the NFL, uh, including I have an Earl Thomas question 
for you, Myron, because something happened last year, and, and this just is the nature of the NFL. It happened. We all kind of laughed about it, and then we moved on. I want to circle back to how amazing it was that it happened with Earl Thomas, yeah. and we'll talk about uh, my article on how the 2017 Vikings impacted the 2019 Vikings when we return here on Purple Daily. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar along with ESPN's Myron Metcalf. Myron, we're going to do this every Sunday. It's great. I'm looking or, forward to it, man. I'm sorry, every Friday. Every Friday. Are, every... You doing, are we doing Sunday? You know something I don't no, know? You're doing Sunday on ESPN yes. radio, so I messed that up. But gotcha. you and I will be doing Friday. It's going to be You'll fun. be doing the national radio, the celebrity radio on every Sunday. So I'm happy for you with that because uh, you're Appreciate just starting that. that. This year, right? Going around the league during the games. Yeah, well, I did last year. Doing it again this year. It'll oh, be okay. fun. Pre- right. Preseason stuff. and No, Fridays will be good. I think the Vikings are going to give us a lot. I think so, too. Of material <laughs> uh, from, like, day one. It's already happening. Yes. It, it, well, so I, I always look forward to this because once people start getting up to the podium, then you start reading between the lines. Yeah. Like, okay, how do people really feel about this offense? And I always love when, when people on Twitter will come at me, well, that's not exactly what he said or whatever, like, I'm professional. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is what we do. We yeah. spend our whole life reading between the lines, and yes. then, we, then we get what we could get. Um, let me ask you about Earl Thomas, and then we'll get to 2017 here, Myron. Uh, Earl Thomas last year flipped off Pete Carroll on a cart well injured, which I, just, I don't think I ever truly recognized how great that was, of just yeah. a guy like expressing the raw emotion of his frustration, not getting the contract, and just being like, bleep you guys yeah. for doing this to me. And uh, Earl still seems to be a little salty about that situation. Um, let me ask you the funny question first, which is, who in the NFL would you flip off? Oh, man, it'd be the 90s Cowboys. Like, <laughs> so I was raised in a house where my dad hated Michael. Like, Michael Irvin's presentation to my dad, that that whole like Miami culture, my dad didn't like it. Mm-hmm. My dad isn't very like vocal about sports. You know, we watch Wisconsin. They're, they're from. They went to Wisconsin, um, but like that Michael Irvin bravado just r- always rubbed him the wrong way. And then if you're a Packers fan, you grow up with the Cowboys being the team you can't quite get past, the team that everyone's talking about. Meanwhile, you've got Magic Don Mikowski, and then you go into Young Brett Favre, and they're still sort of the team of the NFL. Um, so definitely, probably the the Cowboys for a lot of a lot of reasons, and because I knew that Barry Sanders was by far the best running back in the league. And if you'd given him Emmitt Smith's uh, line, oh. I mean, he would have shattered every single record in the history of running backs. And I think if you put Emmitt Smith behind Detroit's line, I think he'd be an average to slightly above average running back. I think it's a great selection because I grew up in Buffalo, as people know, and they uh, beat the Bills in several Super Bowls yep. handily. And uh, Leon Lett, that'll teach you to touchdown dance. <laughs> yeah. a, a, if Don Beebe didn't already give him the finger in a way by stringing him with the ball in the Super Bowl, then I guess I, I would have. I, I was going to say uh, Dan Marino because of growing up in, in ah. Buffalo. And, and I, I've had an, a few interactions, small interactions with Dan Marino, and he's been yeah. great to me just he wouldn't know me from anybody else in the entire world and was super nice so i wouldn't flip him off now but as a kid i would flip off dan marino definitely yeah, uh, i got cur- it current nfl people i would probably flip off Jameis winston just not a fan just, just yeah. off the field stuff man yeah. i think overrated on the field i i love that puff pieces came out about him maybe two years ago about oh this guy's the greatest leader and everything else and then he does the eat the w thing and everyone's looking at him like a lunatic just like 
here's here's a figure for you. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Bruce Arians is kind of like trying to massage some of that. Yeah, like there's the whole storyline now is like. Bruce and Jameis, the father son oh. kind. Of, you know, Bruce puts out, "Well, Jameis needs a better team around him." Like, what? I don't, wait, Bruce, you, you're putting a lot on this guy who has been unreliable in a lot of ways, and I don't know how you can be that invested in a guy uh-huh. who's the key to your tenure down there. Like, slow down. That's a big gamble to me. Well, also, ego is a hell of a drug too. I mean, it is. I, I read Bruce Arians' book over the summer about working with quarterbacks like Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, Carson Palmer. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that there's a little bit of you can convince yourself that you have more power as a coach than you do. Yeah. Right. That we see this with. You know, maybe basketball where the star player leaves and coach thinks, oh, no, that's all right. This is me. It's my system. or It's not. It's the star player. And exactly. then you just try to get the most out of them. But if you're trying to get Jameis Winston to change his stripes, I'm having a really tough time seeing that. And, and I saw those quotes, too, and thought, wait a minute. Deshaun Jackson doesn't help people at the quarterback yeah. position? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Um, Mike Evans is probably a top 10 wide receiver. I don't know. Um, so the other one I want to ask you about was Mike Daniels getting released. I mean, shocking. He's a guy that's eaten up the Vikings in the past. To, to me, I understand the cap hit. I understand the financial situation. But if you're Mike LaFleur, you know, you were Sean Gary's and these young guys coming in. They've got to be good and they got to be good right away. Uh, because if that D line doesn't hold up, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, to me, when I see Aaron Rodgers, I see a guy. Unlike the others who extended their careers, your Drew Brees, your Tom Brady's, even Manning later, these were guys protected who, as they got older, uh, took calculated risks but didn't make themselves more vulnerable than they had to be. For Aaron Rodgers to back Matt LaFleur's arrival is all about him thinking that he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's who Aaron Rodgers wants to be. He's like, no, that kid who's playing in Kansas City, that's the guy I want to be. Aaron, he's 10 years younger than you, mm-hmm. more than 10 years yep. younger than you. That's why he's playing that way, because he's got his whole career in front of him. Whereas an Aaron Rodgers who said yesterday, anytime I step on the field, I'm at risk of hurting my career. But it's like, you're also doing that to yourself based on the way that you play in an offensive scheme that this year is supposed to open up the field and allow you to take more risks. I just think this is a Packers team that if it all clicks, uh, great, Right. But there are so many things that could go wrong. And when you lose a guy like Daniels, to me, that was consistency on at one of the most important positions on the field. You knew what you were getting out of him. You knew he was going to be effective. Now you lose that. And I think Green Bay is going to suffer as a result just because I don't know that you can count on Aaron Rodgers playing 16 games. No, it's, a, it's a great point. And I was wondering whether there was another move to come. Like, if you're creating this cap space, are you trading for Melvin Gordon? That's the thing. What's the goal? Yeah. I I mean, right. I I don't know. Like, uh, are you replacing this value that he was bringing to you with someone else on offense? Because I was extremely underwhelmed with their offseason on the offensive side. I mean, they draft a third-round tight end. Okay. I mean, first-round tight ends don't work out super often uh, right away. So I don't know if Jay Sternberger (laughs) is going to rise to the challenge. Uh, Texas A&M's finest. Yeah, I mean, they've got some guys who showed some flashes. Marquez uh, uh, Valdez-Scantling is a guy who you know showed 
a little bit of talent last year, but but the, it's not like they went out and got an Antonio Brown or somebody who's going to raise their offensive level. So I, I was kind of thinking, okay, if you get rid of Mike Daniels, someone who's been so valued, uh, valuable to you for so long, are you going to bring in somebody else who can help Aaron Rodgers on that side of the ball? And so far, nothing has happened. Yeah. So it just looks like, wait, are, are your shareholders saving money here? I mean, what what is well, what what's going on? They had their first deficit in like ever, right? I mean, right. It's, yeah. Uh, so is that the reason? It doesn't. I I have seen this before. I feel like growing up in Packerland, that this to me feels like it could be disastrous. Like, just because, to your point, I don't think they got better offensively. What Matt LaFleur wants to do is something I think you do with a younger mobile quarterback uh, who's still equipped to take some of those bumps and bruises. If you're Cliff Kingsbury and you got a Kyler Murray, okay, let's throw him out there and let's see what happens. Right, right. You know, if that's what you want to do. With Aaron Rodgers, I think you've got to move into a mode where you go, Aaron, here's the things that you want to do at your age. Here are the things that we're going to allow you to do just because we want to extend your career. And this contract we gave you, we want you to give us give us our money's worth. Uh, whereas I feel like it's the reverse, where Matt LaFleur is specifically there to give Aaron Rodgers as many options as possible, to allow him to just do whatever he wants on the field. That's how guys get hurt. Yeah, and that relationship I'm going to be really fascinated by because I, I think it has the possibility, it's probably like a 50-50 chance that yeah. A, uh, it works really well and Aaron Rodgers bounces back from where uh, he was you know, a few years ago, or it just implodes. And yeah. it's another 6-10 and 10 season and they fire LaFleur after one year. Like these things, are, these things are, I think, equally possible. 100%. Um, let me tell you about what I wrote, Myron, because I love to pump up my own work. And That's what the show is about. I, I That's what get, they told me. I try to get you to go to our free website, <laughs> scorenorth.com. Promo code is free. Hey, um, it's good stuff. So, well, what I wrote about was just how the 2017 season was more or less a miracle. It's yeah. the perfect way to describe it because you had the culmination that year of the perfect locker room with Teddy Bridgewater there, Case Keenum, but also Terrence Newman. Brian Robison, like all of your leaders, along with your younger players coming up and becoming kind of star veteran guys. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, so there's two wins for you. Mitch Trubisky is just coming to the league. There's two wins for you. You play a Cincinnati team that thought its coach was getting fired that day and basically doesn't show up. And a lot of things just aligned perfectly for that team that year and for Case Keenum to have this really remarkable season. And he played legitimately well like top 10 pro football focus top 10 qbr all those things and and even though we never believed it was going to be able to be repeated that season was hard to repeat for anyone so they bring in kirk cousins and a new offensive coordinator and they say okay do what case just did only a little better but kirk had never really exactly been better than that and they come up short of last year and now the expectations are Sky high because they're running it all back, pretty much the same, bringing back Griffin, bringing back Barr, adding only really rookies to the mix and no big free agents. Barr was the big free agent signing. And I think it's really interesting how a a miracle-type season where everything had to go right for you has been the starting point for every decision that's been made after that. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I think Case Keenum, no no matter what people think about him being a long-term solution or that was a hell of a season. And, oh, he and, played and, really and, well. 
I mean, that's why the narrative with Mike Zimmer that season I thought was off because it's like, okay, you can say he's not your guy, but is there somebody out there that's going to come in and do this consistently? If so, you're right. You are a Super Bowl team. But if they're not that, you, you might be in trouble. And I think with Kirk Cousins not being that, it was sort of like you don't know what you got till it's gone. Uh, and I think certainly if you're a Vikings fan, you were spoiled in a way. That's not supposed to happen. Your starting quarterback, your promising young starting quarterback, who clearly has made pressions in that offseason, uh, coming into the preseason, I remember the balls he was throwing and people were going, he's taking the next step. It was right? amazing. Yeah. Like, that was clear. And now you lose him to the, the, the weirdest injury that maybe has ever happened. Um, and now you're bringing a guy in Case Keenum, uh, and he does that, plays at that level, that's not supposed to go that way. And everything worked. So I do think that this is a team where in 2017, when everything just sort of worked, maybe wasn't prepared for 2018 when things didn't work. Like, wait a minute, we didn't have to bounce back in 2017 because things just kind of clicked. Now we got the new quarterback who's supposed to be better than the guy we had before. Why aren't we better? Like, why aren't we better than that team that was one game away from getting to the Super Bowl? And now, like you said, the pressure's on. But where did they get better? In so many ways, it feels like the gamble with the Vikings is Kirk Cousins will be better, and that's why we'll be a playoff team that will finally reach its ceiling. I think that is a, a, a dangerous expectation if that's the sole expectation, if that's the one thing you're banking on, uh, because I don't know if we'll see that. Well, not, not only that, too, but like Kirk was Kirk last year. He was every bit the exactly. same exact quarterback that he had been for the last three years. In fact, this is one of the most consistent quarterbacks yep. in the NFL from year to year. You know exactly what he's going to give you. I think you and I talked about it before that last year was his second highest PFF grade. Yep. He had the same sort of traditional stats. He had the same shortcomings, the same strengths. And I, I think the distinction that got lost because it was a debate over whether you bring back Case or you sign Kirk Cousins. I remember Kirk in his press conference, maybe the first one, said that he had overheard people talking about the quarterback situation saying why'd they get rid of case he was so good but but that's a different conversation from yeah. what case was in a bubble in 2017 can you be that good of a quarterback i mean he had a 98 quarterback rating it was ridiculous it, it, every big moment every time they needed a drive he was there and not only that but their offensive line in 2017, secret for you, wasn't that good. Yeah. But Case just, again, had the magic and seemed to find every way to wiggle out a, of any type of pressure and, and find uh, some running room or find somebody downfield. And if the Vikings truly watched every drop back from Kirk Cousins like they said they did, they had to know that that wasn't going to be him. So what they needed to do was improve the offensive line significantly yeah. in the last offseason if they were going to sign him and maybe not sign Sheldon Richardson yeah. as as good as Sheldon was but like you spent 8 million there and left Tom Compton at left guard and even Nick Easton is just okay at the, yeah. when he got hurt we made it seem like they lost Will Shields but like <laughs> but but, but the, the point just being like now wait a minute okay so you're asking him to repeat that caliber of a season it's unfair but, but you're not giving him what he needs to do it so now i think their argument is oh now we've given him the things he needs to do it and I don't know that that's wrong. I mean, I, I don't think that's, that's wrong that they have improved the offensive line. It's just, did they improve it 
enough. Is this system, which is similar to what he had in Washington, going to get him over the top, or are you going to pretty much get more of the same of Kirk Cousins, which is kind of how I view it, yeah. that he can have a really good Kirk Cousins season, but at 31 years old, asking him to be much different than he's ever been is a lot. Yeah, and I, like the thing with quarterback play is this. like You can be an analytics guy. You can be a non-analytics guy. We all view that position the same way. How are you in clutch situations? Who are you at the game on the line? Who are you down the stretch, right? Like, like that is how we grade quarterbacks. Can you make some lemonade out of these lemons? And when we talk about great quarterbacks, that's what they do. Like, that's why their legacies are so solidified. The rest of these guys are kind of all over the map in terms of who they are in those championship moments. Man, championship moment sounds like something that Mike Zimmer would say. <laughs> that sounds very coach speak. But like that's what we're grading. It's football time, right? right? You're good. You're good. <laughs> that's who, what we're grading. And the bottom line is Kirk Cousins, at no point in his career, proved that he was somehow elite in those moments. Whereas you get a Case Keenum who was very good in those moments. And the other thing you can't measure how much the guys liked him, how much fun those guys were having in 2017. And now you go to 2018, new quarterback, new leader, who's not helping you escape some of the same scenarios you'd been in a year earlier, and you're going, well, wait a minute. Case got us out of that. Right. Case figured it out. He he threw that ball to the corner the way it was supposed to be. Kirk's not doing that. And that, to me, is where it's going to be a very interesting 2019 if Kirk in the first three, four games looks like Kirk last year does this team internally implode? And forget about cornerbacks going rogue. What if receivers go rogue? What if other guys start saying, I don't trust this guy. I'm going to start doing what I want, and I'm going to tell you the plays you should be running. Now you got real chaos. Well, and, and Case taking responsibility for everything and letting all of Mike Zimmer's comments slide off his back, I think had a great deal of value. Yes. Because all those guys at that point had been through the Mike Zimmer is going to yeah. rip you in public, and there's two ways you can react to that, right? I mean, you can react to that by getting upset, sniping back, or however you might handle it, or you could just be Case Keenum and just sort of shrug and move on, and it didn't yeah. seem to bother him at all. Like the journeyman quarterback, man, I'm just happy to be here exactly. is, is the approach that he took. And I think that that mattered, that there was something intangible there, that his attitude and the way he handled everyone else, he was in command of everyone on the offense. And I didn't always feel that way about Kirk Cousins. There were times where I did, yeah. for sure. There were games where I definitely did, but there it wasn't through the entire 16-game season. And when it mattered the most, they melted down. So now it's up to, I think, Kirk Cousins to look himself in the mirror, which I don't know if he can do. Yeah. And, and say, he's got okay, mirrors, though. We know right, that. We, they, they do. They've yeah. got everything there. Yeah. They've got the cryogenic freeze <laughs> tank. They've got football on a stick. They've got everything out there. Um, so I, I do think that that's part of it. it and I, I, really what it comes down to is Kirk was Kirk. He did his Kirk things that yeah. you paid Kirk to do. And in a way, I look at it and say, now after months and months of sort of like re-looking at this season and how we view Kirk Cousins in general is... This is what you paid for. This is what you bought. I mean, this 100%. is like, this is, you buy a Honda Civic and then you go, all right, I'm going to pedal the metal here and it starts shaking when you get to 68 miles an hour. Yeah. And you go, what the hell? I, yeah, thought exactly. this, I thought this quarterback was going to, or I thought this uh, car was going to go 90 and, yeah. and, and, and blow by people. Like, well, that's not what you paid for. <laughs> is Kirk Cousins a Honda Civic in your mind? Is that what you're, that what you're rating him at? 
Yeah, I uh, think so. I kind of think Honda so. Civic. I, well, I drive a Honda Civic, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ripping the Honda Civic. My gas it's mileage is outrageous. It's a good but car. But, like, it gives you what it's going to give you, you know? He, he's also not an underdog. Like, the value, too, of Teddy Bridgewater oh, and Case yes. Keenum is totally agree. those are dudes you can root for. Yep. Like, you're not supposed to be here. And that's a great point about how the fans and I think the locker room, too. Sometimes we think that the locker room is separate from how yeah. fans view things. And I would say, from being in there, you'd be surprised how often they feel like you. Yeah, right? That they see the same things if you have the same feelings. And I think a lot of fans, when you went to U.S. Bank Stadium and walk around and you see Teddy Bridgewater jerseys outnumbering Kirk Cousins jerseys, that, That's a sign. You, that you say, okay, well, like you're, you're basically the hired gun to come in and win. And Teddy was their guy. But if you win, that's great. That's what we paid you for. So I, I think that that fan feeling that a lot of people had was also a little bit in the locker room. Now, if you're talking about best-case scenario, they're kind of over it now. Yeah. They're separated from it. This is their guy. You're not changing that. There's no reason to bother with the fact that he can't go 90, he can only go 68, and it starts shaking. <laughs> like it's that. like just work around it and try to win. And so I kind of do put it on – I don't want to be Kirk and blame everybody else, but like – this is what you paid for front office. This is your guy who's your quarterback, wide receivers, and tight ends. Deal with it and make yep. it work because you have the talent to do so. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, there was one other thing you sent me in the notes. Oh, there's something that isn't really happening around the league this training camp and preseason that I miss, Myron. And we're going to talk about it next here on Purple Daily on Score North. And Major League Baseball on Score North is brought to you locally by Federated Insurance. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. All right, final segment for me today here on Purple Daily, but you'll hear from me shortly because I'm getting out of here and I'm zooming right out to TCO Performance Center. So I'm going to come on with uh, Judd and Rami live from the practice field in uh, not too long here. But uh, Myron Metcalf from ESPN in for a couple minutes. And, and I mentioned something, Myron, that I'm missing from training camps and preseason this year that we've had so many times in the past. It's one of my favorite things in football. That is the quarterback competition. Oh. There are no None. legit quarterback competitions in the National Football League this year. Way too many teams have solutions at quarterback, and it makes me sad. Yeah, it, it is fun when you have a quarterback, a legit quarterback com competition. They're trying to turn... Eli Daniel Jones and this. I'm like, come on, guys. Let's. We're, we're remember the last time Eli got benched. <laughs> New York burned. Exactly. Like I don't think that's. I don't think that's gonna happen. So they yeah. threw Ben McAdoo in the river. <laughs> I mean, it. come on. <laughs> but it is, it is. You wish you had some of that, but it also speaks to the health of that position. And like this is unlike any time we've ever had in the NFL, with this number of veteran quarterbacks, guys in their late 30s or even early 40s who are still playing the game at a very high level, and then this young Patrick Mahomes-Andrew Luck group that's like, okay, we're here too. And then your middle of the middle of the pack age-wise, your Russell Wilson guys, they're still here. I mean, it's, it's amazing that most teams feel like, they could be wrong, feel like they found a long-term solution at quarterback. Like you're almost the oddball right now in the NFL if you – don't feel like you have that position locked up. And and I don't know who doesn't, or at least has the feel like the guy they that they can turn to. I mean, yeah. in Denver, for example, you know, Drew Locke is not going to beat out Joe Flacco. It's no. not happening. But 
They think that they're going to turn things over to Drew Locke after a year or midway through the season. There are a couple quarterbacks who have to prove themselves this year in order to have jobs. But, I mean, is Miami like the one team that has a quarterback competition? Am I interested really in Fitzpatrick versus Josh Rosen? No. (laughs) No. And and you know that ultimately Josh Rosen is playing, whether it's week one or it's week five after Fitzpatrick has had his five interception game. After a 400-yard game, it'll it'll follow that. And in D.C., you got Haskins against Case Keenum, but I yeah. think that it's Haskins is their guy, right? Uh, but Eric Flowers is blocking now. He's oh, it, so, like, it may not be anybody. Now, they, they did bring in Donald Penn for a visit, so yes. maybe that will help a little bit. Like, but Make sure he stays. Um, I'm, I'm just not super interested in, in that quarterback competition. What yeah. I want is two journeymen battling against Bingo. each other. Uh, at one point, Myron, I covered a... Tyrod Taylor versus EJ Manuel versus Matt Castle quarterback competition. That was fascinating. That was fascinating. I, loved it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So EJ Manuel at one point in a preseason game is on the field in the fourth quarter. Think about it, the first round quarterback yeah. is on the field, the fourth quarter of a preseason game. He leads the bills to victory, throwing a touchdown against the Browns on the road preseason yeah. and shushes the haters. Nice. Did the shush of the crowd. <laughs> Preseason. And at that moment, it was official. He had lost the quarterback competition. It's over, my man. I love the overhype of the preseason, though. I love it. I love it. Hey, if you go, that might be your only chance. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, When else are you going to shush the haters again? Oh, man. And then uh, Terod Taylor turned that into being the starter in yeah. Cleveland as well. Yeah. That right. guy knows how to keep jobs, man, and yeah. be in competitions. Yep. yep. Um, he's, a, he's a great dude, and he's fun to watch, but... He's kind of the same as Kirk Cousins, where you're like, yeah, you know, the, the, he could get you eight wins. Like, yeah. But there's some shortcomings there, and I'm not sure that he's ever going to be a starter again. Yeah. Let's just start him because Baker Mayfield needs time to get oh, adjusted. Boy. Oh, is that why you drafted him as high as you did? Okay. Speaking of that, uh, you mentioned in your notes that you uh, wanted to talk about the outrageous Cleveland buzz. What is outrageous about the amount of buzz around Cleveland? I'm enjoying it. It's, when it's, if they had Buzz Myron? Let them have it. My God. Yeah, it's it's fun, but I think it's also a, a bit much now. I mean, it's it's fun to think of them competing to win that division and maybe get into the playoffs. I think you make a case that if Baker Mayfield plays the entire year, they have a shot. But, although Beckham didn't win a lot of games in New York. I mean, yes, he's a great receiver, but didn't win a lot of games. Baker's still young. I just got to see it. Before I'm on that train, but my goodness, You're people be are that talking. Guy? People are talking Super Bowl though. Colin, come on, Super Bowl. You're a broadcaster now, man. You're not a writer Super anymore. Super Bowl. You're a broadcaster. Broadcaster, oh. you got to take a different approach. You can't be. Oh, oh show it to me first. <laughs> well, like what? You're not a newspaper anymore. Super Bowl though, Colin. That that is it's a little much. That's crazy. But guess what? They're going to be on TV every week, and and OBJ by I say week five is going to say, why is Baker Mayfield getting more coverage? No, oh sure, that's yeah. coming. Yeah, it's got it's got the potential for grand drama for sure. All right, thanks, Myron, for your time. Wonderful, thank you. Good job, and uh, it'll be Mackie and Judd coming up next, and they're going to connect with me on the phone from training camp practice. Huh. Whether it's Baker's simple truth turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. 
Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.